Welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I am your host, Alison Price. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how you as an aspiring astrologer can also take part in some research or even do some astrological research of your own. I hope that the work I'm doing here will inspire others to take what astrology they know and run with it. I believe that your mind can explore your current astrology skills and take you down some exciting roads. We don't know where you will end up, but at least you will have taken the first step. Many people who learn astrology don't turn into consulting astrologers, but they use the knowledge to enhance other parts of their lives or related businesses. People such as coaches, artists, numerologists and healers from all walks of life can improve their insights with some understanding of astrology. I urge you to look at the craft from all sorts of different angles, and yes, I know there are angles in a birth chart, to find the treasures within the teachings of astrology which resonate with you and your chart and you dig deep. So I believe in exploring astrology by going down all the roads and looking in all the nooks and crannies to find ways to present astrology differently. I think after you've learned all the the four cornerstones of astrology, the signs, planets, houses and aspects, and you then get onto the more interesting uh, features or components of a chart, one or two of those items may spring out at you and become more interesting from your point of view. And for myself, this occurred a, a few times in my astrological journey. The first time was way back in 2011 when I did some research into the Oriental planet. This was extensive research. I had, I had pages and pages of information. I analyzed over a thousand charts. I looked into how the Oriental planet was, was presenting and its two meanings. And I did quite a lot of research, quite a lot of research on that. It was something that interested me very much indeed, the actual vocational aspect of it. So I spent about two years really doing that main research before I had some results. And then later again, I started looking into dispositor trees. This was around 2015. And I pushed forward with some original research on that as well, where I brought forward and specified the four types of dispositor tree that are available and the actual three positions that a planet can hold within a dispositor tree, also looking at things like the gateway planet and so on, and bringing in theories on how to interpret these dispositor trees, which are really the backlinks in a chart. So that was the, the second major chunk of research that I did. A little bit later on, around 2018, I started looking into the Fibonacci aspect set because this pattern of numbers, the Fibonacci pattern, and just to remind you, it's 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, where you're adding the two previous numbers to get the third number. So this is a pattern that is seen in nature anyway, and I felt that it would be somehow expressed within the astrology chart. This number pattern can be seen in the heads of a sunflower and the actual knobs on the side of a pineapple going up in these cycles. So I felt that if we looked at the Fibonacci aspect set, which were the aspects where you're dividing 360 by the Fibonacci numbers, there could be some something interpreted from that. That is still, yeah, I'm still pondering on that one. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that kind of research, but it's still very much um, on my mind and on the back burner. So it hasn't actually really gone anywhere, but that didn't stop me doing the research. This is the whole point. And then most recently, I've got into the Astrological Holy Trinity analysis of bipolarity. And just to be clear, the astrology, I'm calling it the Holy Trinity, it's your three main factors from a birth chart that you would want to know about somebody first. So it's the ascendant, 
the sun and the moon. So you would want to know what's their ascendant sign, what's their sun sign and what is their moon sign. And you'll see this if you go to astrology conferences where you've got to wear a name tag and then will be placed there under your name tag where it says ascendant, sun, moon, and everybody draws their glyph so that when you're milling about in the chit chat sections that always go on at these events, you can see immediately which signs this this person is presenting with. And you can then make decisions about whether you want to pursue a conversation with them or not, because whether they mesh with your signs as well. So as I'm saying that not all research that I've done into astrology has actually gone somewhere. Some of it's still ongoing and I'm always looking to add more information to past research that I have done. What I'm trying to say here is that I urge you to find a component within astrology that interests you and explore it further. Start collecting charts that reflect that particular item that you're looking for. And what do they say? Um, Sow your seeds in the morning and keep busy all afternoon because you never know what will grow. So how do you find your your topic for research? Well, I would say that whatever you think about most in astrology is likely to be a place where you can develop something of value in the future. I believe that great things can be imagined and brought forward from from all modern astrologers. And uh, just because astrology was basically invented over 2000 years ago, and many of the factors of astrology have have been set for over 2000 years, does not presuppose that we cannot still explore different areas of astrology and do some original research. And I always encourage my students and certainly you now listening today to consider doing some further research. I was interested in the Davison relationship chart, which he basically came up with his theory back in the last century in the 60s about how the space-time charts, and that was a whole new concept that that has came into practice that he looked into and considered. And when I had learnt about this method, I thought, whoa, this is so interesting. And this was not something that was known over 2000 years ago. So basically, it's it's a modern approach to looking at astrology, which we generally use now in our forecasting as well. So I'm now going to explain how my current research is actually working with the what I'm calling the astrologer's holy trinity, which is really the highest level temperature of a chart, thus reducing it down to all of only four values. So we are going to be considering the polarities of our holy trinity and polarities really are the, the two sides of the same coin. Back in the day when I started learning astrology, we would talk about black and white, masculine and feminine signs, positive and negative signs. And that really does often have a negative connotation. So these days in 2023, we're, look, we're calling them active and passive signs. Those are the two polarities, the active polarity and the passive polarity. And in a way, uh, the very nature of energy on Earth is balanced. And we see this through the magnetic poles where energy is ejected from the one pole and absorbed through the other pole. And as I understand it, the poles do swap over in time, loosely connected with the 11-year sunspot cycle. And maybe some of you could give more information on that. You also see this business of polarity and passive and active. If you look at a bar magnet and you sprinkle some iron filings over it like you did at school, then you tap the page and you can actually see then the the lines of the the magnetic lines ejecting from one side and being absorbed from the other. So there's an active side and a passive side. And we have this in astrology as well. So let's just have a look at it. Each of the signs is either active or passive. And the active signs are Aries, Gemini, Leo, Libra, Sagittarius and Aquarius. And the passive signs are Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces. So it goes active, passive, active, passive. 
all the way around. So the six active signs and six passive signs. So let's just have a look at an example of what I'm talking about here. So in our example, we've got a Virgo ascendant, a Cancer sun and an Aries moon. So this would then be listed as Virgo Cancer Aries because you always go ascendant sun moon and you can trim it down to V-I-C-A or A-R, which is your written code for the actual signs. But if we look at the polarity, this then can, this then converts to passive, passive, active, which would be then written as minus, minus, plus. So you would always have three possible positives or negatives, a minus or a plus, in your actual result. And there are other options you can have, clearly uh, plus, plus, minus, minus, plus, plus. There's actually eight different combinations that, that there can be. And there is also the plus, 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 where every sign is active, and the minus, 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 where every sign is passive. So recently I've been considering these eight patterns of the active and passive and wondering where I'm going with that. And I actually had a, a survey on my website, which it has been there for quite a while, um, capturing all this information from generally astrologers moving forward. And although I'm not exactly sure at this point where I'm going with this, I've actually considered taking it one step further and saying, well, if we've got two, two pluses and one minus, then the actual net result is plus one. And if we have two minus plus one, the, uh, the result there is minus one. Where we have three pluses, the answer is, the result is three pluses. And where we have three minuses, the result is minus three. So actually, these, these eight can be reduced down to actually four values. So the actual only four values that can come from this are minus three, minus one, plus one, and plus three. So I know I'm throwing quite a bit of maths at you, but um, it's just something to get your head around to give to give some consideration to. So at this stage, I'm sitting on my on my research here with interpretations of the final four, and I'm going to propose some obvious what I'm calling obvious keywords that I'd like to put forward to you for these four these final four results that can be, come from our holy trinities. So starting with minus three, this is a super passive chart and my keywords that I'm giving is cold and even icy. For the minus one chart, which is moderately passive, my keywords are going to be chilled and cool. For charts that carry the, the result of plus one, it would then be moderately active. So here my keywords are warm and toasty. And for charts resulting in a plus three, this would be a super active chart. And the keywords I'm suggesting here are hot and sizzling. So this is as far as I've got with my ongoing research where I'm pulling out the plus three, plus one, minus one, minus three combinations um, just to give a broad look at a chart. So where is this going? Well, at this stage, I'm not exactly sure. Um, and is it useful for astrologers to know these numbers or not? Again, I'm not exactly sure. But what I'm trying to do here is to gather information to explore this so that when we do go to astrology conferences, you don't necessarily have to say Virgo, Virgo, Cancer on your card. You could actually come up with your plus three or your minus three or whatever the, your final four number would be as a, as a different way of expressing a natal chart. Now, yes, I realize the question even I'm asking myself is, so what? So what about these numbers? So why would I want to bring it down to a, a very small number so that all charts in the world would be would be reduced down to just three values? I'm not even sure of that myself, but what I'm trying to say here is that 
When you're doing astrological research, you never really know where it's going to end up. As I say, to start with, I ended, I had the eight um, patterns and now I've got it down to four and it's all numeric, which is slightly different to how it was before. What I'm trying to express to you today as aspiring astrologists out there who are learning astrology or trying to polish your astrological readings or forecasting, that if there is an area within astrology that really interests you, perhaps you love the moon, perhaps you love um, forecasting, maybe you love transits of Pluto, maybe you love, I don't know, Anticia or something like that, that really fascinates you and you say to yourself, gosh, I need to go out and get a book specifically on Anticia, for example, and you go down those roads, you are able then to start doing deeper research into topics that interest you because astrology is a vast subject. In my teaching practice, I have quite a few rank beginners who know absolutely nothing. And then I've got a few coming in who've been doing astrology for over 10 years and just want to polish up their readings. But when I get my absolute beginner astrologers coming in and they are working straight away on their aspiring activity activities or what we used to call homework, then when they come and say, hey, this is super interesting, I found this to be interesting, this is when I'm saying to them straight away, start looking for charts with that component in it, start making notes about your the research you're probably going to be doing, even though you're an absolute beginner and you've only been doing astrology for perhaps two months, now is the time to start gathering the information that you can lean on later, uh, maybe two or three years or five years down the road when you really understand astrology, and you will have this collection of information already and particular charts that reflect the type of thing that interests you within astrology. Because I believe that the students of astrology who are learning astrology today are going to be the people who are going to be writing on new astrology books in 10 or 15 or 20 years' time. And that research that will be required for uh, generating a new astrology book will actually have to come from somewhere. And there is no point not starting gathering your research information already. Another tip with helping you to decide where you'd like to put your focus astrologically is to actually decide what doesn't interest you. That might be a far easier way of going, where you might say, yeah, Chiron doesn't interest me, the asteroids don't interest me, which um, health astrology doesn't interest me, or rectification or something like that. And you can whittle down your focus by saying, yeah, it's definitely not going to be that, but it could be A, B, and C. And that would be an interesting way to start to consider that, yes, you're interested in the moon. Maybe you really want to dig into the eighth house or something in particular like that. I mean, there have been books been written about one aspect. Uh, It's a total deep dive. And that research for that book did not happen overnight. It was built up and gathered over time. And this is what I'm uh, suggesting that you do. So, where to from here? Well, I would be interested in in knowing where you feel that you could do some research or maybe where you already are doing some research and perhaps need more charts with whatever, Mars in the eighth house or something like that, or Sun Square Chiron or one of these particular things that you want to do some research on. I'd love to hear from you about the type of research that you perhaps are doing or that you may be considering doing in the future. And if you're hesitating to start research astrologically because you're just a beginner, I would say start right away. Let me give you permission right now to get yourself a new journal, 
write the title in and start gathering your information and doing the research that interests you. If you have a passion for the focus that you're leaning towards, you're going to do far better with research and pulling all that information together. And in the end, the astrologers of the future are going to benefit from any research that you have done. As you can see from my past experience, not everything I've done has really gone anywhere, but that doesn't stop me. I just keep going because I'm pondering all the time thinking, huh, what about this? What about that? And this is where I've got to now with this astrological holy trinity. It's, It's the first things people learn about a chart. What's your ascendant? What's your sun? What's your moon? And even if you go somewhere, you can confidently ask people that because people are happy to tell you. So it seemed to me to be an obvious place to start. Again, as I say, I'm not exactly sure where it's going, but that doesn't stop me pursuing the research and giving it some consideration. And if you'd like to help me further with my Holy Trinity's research, there is going to be a link in the show notes below. You would just go down below uh, to a link to a Google form where you can enter your data. You can be anonymous if you want to, it doesn't matter. And I'd love to hear what your results are. This would help me too. So I'm happy that you're still with me at this point. If I could even just inspire one or two of you to consider looking into some sort of astrological research, I would feel that I my job is done. It's always been my joy and pleasure to inspire others who are learning astrology to take it beyond your basic readings of Jupiter in the second, Jupiter in the third, you know, Jupiter in the fourth house, raise your horizons and see what you can achieve and what you can bring forth from your astrology. And for those who are interested, my Holy Trinity is actually Leo, Leo, Scorpio. So that is plus, plus, minus, giving a result of plus one. So there you have it. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. 
So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.